welcome back. Today it's time for episode two of our visit to Steve Barrett's in Gothenburg. Without further ado, here's me, Rasmus, and Steve Barrett's head brewer, Oli Banks. Enjoy. Can hazy IPAs be too hazy? Well, that's one thing I'm quite happy that we got our centrifuge, so you know that all the haze in there is just protein, polyphenols and stuff, not yeasty bits, which yeah, it tastes better for me because you've got that harsh yeasty bitterness. But in front of us, which none of you can see, but trust me, we've got our new IPA Tropicos. So because like, Sweden, unfortunately, doesn't we, we aren't on the top of the list when it comes to new hop products and what we can get available. So like you see maybe some real big hype breweries across Europe and the States going, oh, try our new talus hop or this hop and like sometimes they don't even have a name it's sb 642b yeah or hbc 40896 and all these bits and pieces and you like we want to get hold of them but then the only suppliers the distributors of these um in europe are like oh yeah no we, we 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 don't even feature on the list of people who can get it so this is the first time we've been able to get at least some sabro which Two years ago was exciting, but for us it's also exciting because we finally got some. <laughs> uh, actually, on that topic, we do we have got a new beer coming out uh, as a collab with Simply Hops. I can't talk too much about it, but we might be the first brewery in Europe to use a really cool new hop. So we're looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's going to be good. But so this is the Tropicos, Tropicos, and Skål. Cheers. Cheers. This has been a bit of a divider. In terms of, because I think it's really coconutty on the nose, and people are loving it or they're hating it. <laughs> but it has a nice bitterness to it as well. Yeah, it's it's not because some of these hazy IPAs tend to be only fruity. They got no backbone whatsoever, and I find I've got a problem with that because they smell beautiful, and you taste it, and it's only a mango smoothie. That's There's nothing saying, else. And that's what I was saying with the too much hazy. It's just like. There's nothing else there. Like the smell is amazing. You try it as you said, and all right. <laughs> I feel a bit cheated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it does leave you kind of like I know the whole point of the bitterness is it kind of leads you into that next sip. You've got something lingering, and mm, and you're like, okay, now I want to go back to that first flavor again, and then you go in for more. Whereas if it's just yeah, juice from start to finish, you can throw it down yourself quite easily. But I don't know. I just feel I, I agree. You feel you feel like you're missing a piece. It's like having Swedish meatballs without the mushroom sauce. If I think that's the thing. Without the lingonberries. Oh, without the lingonberries. You know, it's like, it's still edible and it's still nice, but you're missing a bit. Because lots of the stuff, mm. it's also got lots more oats in it. Mm. So it's the consistency of it. The, the texture is more like a smoothie as well. I didn't order breakfast. I ordered a beer. Come on, give me a beer. Oh, I mean, everyone's entitled to enjoy what they what they like. But I mean, like we, we use a good chunk of oats in most of our beers. But like, still, I, I mean... It's so hard to know what is normal these days because when I started brewing, my very first brewing job, I was washing casks at Purity in Redditch, just outside Birmingham. That was when I was at university. And Flo, the head brewer there, was like three grams per liter. Anything more than that is a waste. There's just no, you, you don't get anything more. There's no point doing it. And I was like, oh, so that was my kind of thing. Three grams a liter, dry hop, perfect. Then I went to Magic Rock and it was like, the standard, our standard was like at least six, seven for pale ales, and then IPAs were more like eight, nine, um, and Beaver Town was the same. And I was just like, you know, that was like, whoa, 
nine grams a litre of hops. Jesus, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, but then tasting it, I was like, huh, you do get more for adding more. Maybe, maybe Flo was wrong. And then... Did you ever tell him? No, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> He's, 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 a, he's a big lad, ex-rugby player. Don't you so let's send him the link when it's... <laughs> he just put you in a firkin and roll you down the street. No. <laughs> yeah, he put me in a... It's the Kilderkins, the ones that are the double. Yeah. For, oh. But then, like, coming here, and also, like, a lot of the collab projects I've been working on, like, because when I moved here, and it was like 10 gram a litre is a standard, I was like, bloody hell, again, we've gone up. But then... It makes sense, like it, you know, it, it fits the style of the beer and all that. And then, like, w- I think when other half came to do a collab with us, they were like, "Yeah, when we got like twenty odd grams a litre." I was like, <gasps> "Oh God, Jesus, do we do, do we do we have to?" <laughs> and this beer is going to be expensive. Oh it, yeah, it weren't it weren't cheap. Uh, well, that that one was like forty percent oats and then twenty gram a litre dry hop. So on on our centrifuge, we have a it's called an EBC reading, but it tells you how hazy a beer is. And it's maximum level. It can't read anything above 800. So if it's above 800, it just reads 800. Most of our beers come around three, 400. And like, like for this, you know, it's not transparent mm-hmm. by any means. It's hazy. But it's still about 400 EBC. But that one was, it just said 800 the entire run. I was like, I have no <laughs> idea if this is even separating. Because <laughs> you, usually seeing the change tells you if you need to fiddle with the settings you know if it's separating well or if it isn't and this was just like i have no idea i have just no clue hope for the best yeah just have to hope for the best and then it came out super thick and hazy and people everyone loved it and then we did stiggy fingers which was the same almost the same beer we just dropped the oats down a, a little bit and people didn't like it for some reason so it's like weird i don't know but there was a trend a couple of years back with hopburn which is hopefully i say going away because hopburn is not nice in a beer is it Ugh, no i mean it's amazing to see how many new breweries are popping up and like a lot of people that were home brewing and then were really good at it and got bigger but then home brewing to professional brewing is is a lot of the same stuff there's also a lot of differences because of the sheer size you're doing it on and then how you would combat certain things like hopburn on a 20-litre size and on a 2,000-litre size are completely different. It's like kind of using... I mean, it's the same as being like, you know, um, a good chef at home or a line cook. You know, it's got... Yeah, the principles are the same, but the actual work itself is vastly different. And then it's a lot of people not unlearning and relearning. No. They've brewed at home and their friends like their beers and they do good beers. And then they come and work... They'll start a brewery and end up not being as good because it's a totally different thing. I actually spoke to Richard at Bibliotheque, and I asked them, like, four home brewers who want to start a brewery, what should they think of? And Richard just said, don't. <laughs> you know what? That was, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Don't. I mean, I, I, I do think, though, this job is a little romanticized. Like, in everyone's mind, it's like, oh, you're a brewer? You just get to make beer, you drink beer, you go to the festivals and just get pissed and, like... Well, yeah, that's what's on my Instagram, because, you know, no one puts on their Instagram the boring shit parts of life. But 5.30 in the morning when you have to mash in. Five th- or, or the fact that 95% of this job is just cleaning things. Like, all we do is clean. We are janitors that occasionally make some sugar water and throw some plants in it. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very nice explanation of what a job is. <laughs> Coming to Sweden, who doesn't have 
that kind of brewing culture as Englanders must be kind of freeing as well because we don't have any norms. It is, and it's also across, like, if we take Scandinavia, let's say, especially as a whole, you do have a lot of old historic. I mean, like, I, uh, I've been reading a lot on what's called New Nordic Brewing and, like, all these, tradi- like, with the Quake, the, you know, the Quake revival that's happening. But then, yeah, like, without having the tr- more traditional industrial scale. Well, everything disappeared in the, like, from the 20s when the uh, prohibition started in Sweden and up until, like, the 80s. Everyone was doing the same beer. They were doing uh, macro lagers, basically. Mm, I mean, I guess that's the same. Because England's got, obviously, the whole Cascale origins and everything. But then, I mean, I guess it's like having kind of a, a historic brewing standard. Because, I mean, it's fun to kind of learn why you've heard the term Burtonizing when it comes to water. And it was just, you know, that term came around because they just found that the breweries in Burton-upon-Trent in the UK, the water they had was so much nicer than somewhere else. And how it's known that London is was the birthplace of porter and stout because the water was just the right. It was just the right for that kind of beer. Like it just back then, people didn't know. They just you know people were just under the idea that oh, it's water. Water is an ingredient, and it's just water, not the kind of other bits in there. Nowadays, like whenever I do a new stout, I kind of go for the baseline of a London water profile, but then we do tweak it because we're very lucky. Which is one thing. Not many people can appreciate, but whenever I tell it to other brewers, they're like, what? But the water here is so soft, which means it's empty of all, like, uh, salts, like naturally occurring salts and sulfates and things. So it means you add in the ones you want, as opposed to, like, in other parts of the world where they're very salt-heavy. And that's why, like, if you've ever been to Copenhagen, the water tastes horrible. It's really, it's got lots of salts in it because that's just what the water's like there. But it does mean that as a brewer, you get to choose what you put in as opposed to having to take stuff out or just deal with it. And you're stuck with using the water you have. So Gotham, Gothenburg, which is, might be partly why it's kind of the beer capital of Sweden, is also the water here is perfect for brewing. Because you can go either way. You can do lagers, you can do ales. You can do literally anything. It's like you get to build up your water profile however you like it. Which I don't think actually was the point of the question you asked, but it, we we got there. Yeah, we got <laughs> somewhere. We got somewhere. <laughs> somewhere is good. Yeah. So next one. So that was, that one was not a fall kill, by the way. That we just drank. That was actually a strong one. Well, yay. What should we try now? Let's go. Uh, this is one I've not tried in a while. And I do love it. So we've got what do we call it? Birds? No, never lose a feather. So this was a collab with our friends at Modern Times. So we're talking in advance uh, before Matt came over from Modern Times. Uh, we were talking about what our favorite beers were. And I was a bit little like, because as Brew has been talking a lot about what our favorite beers are, and it's n- not necessarily boring, but like they're, they're often the same, they're our favorite beers, and they often quite overlap. So rather than making our personal favorite beers, I was like, can we have a go at making my favorite beer that you guys do, or something on that vibe? And I think they're Black House, the coffee porter, like five, six-ish percent. Oh, it's in, it's deadly. It's like the mouthfeel is so creamy. The coffee is so pronounced, but not like aggressive or like, you know, because sometimes you can get a coffee porter or a coffee stout and it smells like coffee grinds, not like a, when you open a bag of coffee. And for that to be like a core range beer you can get 24-7 is just, I was like, this is so impressive. And I was like, oh yeah, well, why don't we just do, and he, he just said, I've always wanted to do a slightly bigger version. So why don't we just have a go at your place? I'll give you the recipe. 
because they've got their own in-house roaster, so they okay they can get they roast a coffee how they like to brew with it. And I was like, well, we don't, but we have a friend pair who can kind of do these things. So we gave pair some ideas on the roast, and then brewed our attempt at Black House basically as a collab, and I I love it. I mean, this how strong is this? It is eight percent on the dot. Cheers, Squall. Cheers. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's way up my alley. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Rasmus always tells me he loves the bitters, like traditional British bitters, the stouts and the porters. Not so much the pastry stuff, but... Um, I do enjoy the pastry stuff as well, but I tend to go forward to a little more when they have a more dryness to them, like Noah. Noah is a very pastry-heavy stout, but oh, it still has a little bit of dryness. Oh, I do. I gotta say, I've got to say, I have got a soft spot myself for Noah, I mean, I think it's also it was hilarious because like, in England, you see any Henri Polo beer and it'll cost you at least... An arm and a leg. Well, yeah. It's like £10 minimum, like 100-ish, 120-ish kroner minimum, and it goes up from there. And then I got here and I went to System and it's like 50 kroner. I can probably make <laughs> money just by buying cases and sending them to England. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. Well, you, can pay for, that you can pay for your trips at least. Yeah, exactly. I've got a soft spot for Noah. My, girl, uh, my girlfriend always takes the piss out of me calling me a pastry boy whenever i open a <laughs> bottle but it is i don't know it, i agree with you it's kind of it's what you want it is a liquid chocolate cake basically and but sometimes you're in the mood for drinking a chocolate cake yeah, <laughs> well, yeah true. this is much drier it's it's quite light to be that mm. strong but the coffee goes through really well mm. i think we, we went for a really i know uh, my preference like uh, to me the the best coffee style ever, and to me, it still will always be, for now at least. You know, you can always change your mind and find something new, but Speedway. Oh, yeah. Speedway style is just perfection for a coffee. does beautiful stuff. Oh, I mean, th- that's another of my bucket list do's is go visit Alesmith. Ah, oh, bollocks. One of the first coffee stouts I had was uh, Profanity Stout, which has more of these burnt coffee notes. Mm. Like, you, you, have, you, you brewed your coffee... And you take like two or three scoops into the new one. You brew the coffee and leave it there for five hours, warm it up and drink it. That's, that's the way I love my coffee. Yo, you, you like it really thick, burnt, yeah. almost tobacco-y? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, that's but th- this both tastes and smells more like unground coffee beans. Mm. So when you open a coffee bag and you smell it, mm. that's, that's what you get from this one. Yeah, well, that was what we did. With we did use actual ungrounded coffee beans instead, just because when you grind them, it does change the flavor profile and everything. So we thought, well, let's just use the whole beans. It's so easy to get really when you're into beer. It's so easy to get really beer wanky, as I call it, and talk about. Oh, but I've had friends as well smell this, and they go, "It does." Quite often, people say, "Oh, it smells fruity and toffee and this," and people are like, "What the fuck? It smells like beer. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> but this is one where I'm like, "It's a coffee stout," and they're like, "Oh shit." It does kind of smell fruity. I'm like, yes, it's not me just making this shit up. I promise. <laughs> but since, since you talk so much about coffee and with the pad and when he does his own uh, roastery mm. and everything, you have the when you do when you have coffee beans, you have the first crack and second crack. And in the in the second crack, you get all these uh, thicker oils mm. and all these uh, more flavors. And then you have the first crack, which is special special coffee, or special cafe, as you call it in Swedish. Do you ever go for that as well, or is it just second cracked, or do you even go for first crack as well? I think we only go really for, was it second cracks then, or... Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the regular coffee that's in Sweden. Like, uh, the second crack, it's what you get everywhere. It's, yeah. It's more oily and uh, thicker and more flavor, and the first crack is more with the light 
compared to a sour beer. Like it's, mm. it's light. It's you can always see through the coffee. I guess then we kind of do first crack coffee for trouble sleep because like the grinds, like the when you see the grinds as well themselves we use in the trouble sleep, it like it doesn't look black like a coffee bean does it looks a lot more light brown mm. and it does also always a fruity notes because i mean for me again like I, I love me fruity coffees like i do like it when you get like a bit of cherry blackberry and bits and also along with the kind of nuttiness on the side i, I mean i really should know this more to be honest but you have I, to call pear i'll call pear I mean, <laughs> it's the first crack or second crack come on <laughs> we, we just, he's good at what he does so i don't question it i just leave him to it <laughs> For all I know, he's just buying coffee from Hemshop and pouring it into a big tub. <laughs> I don't Charging think he you, is. He's you, you like four times more for yeah. it. <laughs> uh, mm. This is, us. all the beers have been, stunning beer. Yeah, delicious. Well, as I, as I was saying, or I'm not sure if I have said it yet, but we were trying to bring out some beers that people don't associate with us. Mm. Like, you know, there's so many beers, especially for festivals and stuff, and I'm pouring. People are like, oh... I thought you guys only did Amazing Haze and West Coast. Like, yeah, so many people say that. We actually do a hell of a lot of beers, but I guess through systemness, either they don't leave Gothenburg, so people won't see it, or I guess people don't. I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of doing a like a brand, not rehaul, but like... Development? A, yeah. So like you see like with Tropica, it's like we could, if you look at all the cans, there's a bit of consistency, but then there kind of isn't. The color scheme is... Somewhat the same. You you can really tell it's a steak based beer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also because we've worked with a, a bunch of different artists so much that like people di- will pick up a beer and be like, "Oh, this is steak based." We had no idea. So I'm trying to like group our beers into kind of a uh, like Neil, our artist, who's bloody amazing, who did uh, the ocelot on the can of the tropicos and the west coast seagull, all the birds, all the animals. I'm trying to like consolidate that brand so that people will when they see that they'll go, "Oh." That's a stick bay. It's they don't have to worry. They have to read the label. They don't have to do anything. They just got to like with Omnipolo. You know when you see an Omnipolo oh, beer, yeah. that's Amundsen as well. Like you, you see yeah. straight away. Like okay, <laughs> that's Amundsen or like you know Beaver Town as well. Um, that was a you, uh, that's what we've been trying to do because we've been a bit all over the place. And then once we've got that, then start to incorporate like newer series where we have a new artist or doing something different. So you know, like, oh, that's still Stig Bayes, but that's their sour range. Okay, yeah. Or that's their folk range. Or, you know, kind of, yeah. We've grown so much in two years. This It's like a lot, a lot of these things that sound like, why haven't you done this from the start? It's like, well, we've, we kind of just winged it, and it's <laughs> gone well. And now we actually have to think about these things. Well, branding is a big part of it. <laughs> That was it for episode two of our visit to Steve Barrett. Stay tuned for the conclusion tomorrow, and guys, drink better beer. <laughs> <laughs>